Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon Patterson. I have the distinct privilege of getting to lead the Porch Community Church. And I'm here with my friend and our media pastor, the guy who gets all the stuff done with the buttons and the things and the wires and such, Joshua Harrell. Thanks, Shannon. Yeah, I got a lot of pretty buttons I get to mash all the time. (laughs) No mashing. But if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, thank you for joining us. I thought you were going to say, if you're listening to the podcast, and be like, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. (laughs) But if it's your first time, special welcome to you. And if you're a long-time listener... Even more special welcome to you. Long time meaning six episodes. Good job. Hey, 21 times to make a commitment. We're getting there. Uh, That's right. Okay. Got to start somewhere. But if you want to and you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure you subscribe and share the podcast, Um, especially if the podcast has been inspirational, entertaining, or you just like listening to it. Mm -hmm. So make sure you share because we're making this content for you. And there's like there's some sort of like crazy algorithm, right? So when a, a, something gets shared, yeah, it goes further. I mean, duh, it goes further out. But um, yeah, there's algorithms to make how make everything work. Like if you just post something and no one interacts with it, it doesn't go anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. So um, if you're enjoying what the church is producing on any platform, please make sure you mm-hmm. like, comment, and share and. And let everybody know that you you like the Porch Community Church. Hey, speaking of liking, I got a really cool text yesterday uh, from our very good friend, ministry partner, Will Steinberg, who is up at UGA. We miss him so. He's awesome part of our church. And um, with Porch Kids, I know that uh, our kids pastor, Kristen, misses him greatly. But uh, shout out to Will because he sent me a little screenshot of him listening to the podcast, and he said, hey, I love this because I feel like I'm there with you guys. So, hey, Will. See, and this is the spot where we would, if we had sponsors, but we'll say, Will, you're our, you are our listening sponsor today. So You are the wing, but wind beneath our wings. Yes, you are the wing beneath my wind. <laughs> we miss you, Will. So, hey. So, what are we talking about today, Josh? Uh, I think we're going to talk about a little bit more about Genesis and original sin. Ooh. Okay, yeah, well, hmm. all right, so um, there's, there is a lot in this chapter for sure that we looked at, um, but what we want to do, yeah. Well, yeah. one question I had someone from the tech booth wanted to see if you had <laughs> oh, the dear. answer for. Oh, no. Is, what was the fruit? Um, I, most people think, I mean, everyone goes, oh, it's an apple, but most people seem to think it was a pomegranate. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. They're a pain in the butt to eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it would take like a snake trying to convince you to eat it because who really wants to try to Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's just that's what I've heard. I, I, I don't know. Well, it would take some explanation on how to eat it. So that kind of makes sense. Because <laughs> you can't just bite a pomegranate. <laughs> there you go. So um but yeah, so we're zooming in a little bit, I think, hopefully on this, get a little bit deeper understanding. Um, but what I do encourage everyone to do is to read through 
Uh, of course, we're talking about Genesis, Genesis chapter 3. Uh, we looked at Genesis 1 in the first week. Uh, I encourage you to read Genesis 2 and then Genesis 3 because Genesis 2, like I mentioned Sunday, is like it's the good. Mm-hmm. It's the great. It's like everything's good. God says it. It happened. It went into place. It got, everything got put in its proper order. And, and now it's like, hey, Adam, Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Don't just have special Tuesday. Have special Sunday through Saturday and enjoy each other and enjoy the fruit. And Josh is laughing right now so much, and his face just turned red. And um, but it's just like enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Um, and so I think it's important to get that because without getting that, the the gravity of the fall in Genesis three is it's just such a stark contrast when you think about it of just being in that presence. Um, <clears throat> And so we want you to do that. Of course, we want you to make use of the study guide that we have up every Sunday morning. So I hope you will do that, theporchcc.com. You can follow through because we want you to talk about this with your community groups, you know. So if you're not in one, I would say, hey, start one. Call some people up. Text some people, you know, set a, set a time and a location. Maybe grab your Bible. Sh- not maybe. Yes, grab your Bible. Show up. Go to theporchcc.com. Click on sermon notes, study guide, walk through it. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. I mean, seriously. Because, um, and, and here's why I say that with this, because um, I think Genesis is kind of intriguing to people, like Genesis and Revelation. Mm-hmm. Like whenever they think about, the, oh, the Genesis, oh, yeah, let's talk about in the beginning. Wow, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. Ooh, Revelation, what in the world's going on? And how mm-hmm. many eyes are there? And like, you know. Because they're of, the, like the two books, I mean, of course, there's the beginning and the end of the Bible, mm-hmm. but it also seems like the books that we don't have the most clear-cut answers on, and there's a lot of interpretation. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yes, very and true. It, and everyone has an opinion on every <laughs> single thing about both those books. Yeah. So, yeah, get a group of people together, get the study guide that we've made available, and, and talk through. Um, so I guess just to kind of set this up, I would say, I think we can all agree Um, whether you've been a believer for a really long time or you're new on this faith journey or somewhere in the middle, um, I think we can all agree that there, (laughs) there is brokenness in this world. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't, you don't have to search for it. It's, it's there. I mean, you can turn on the news, you can scroll your news feed, you can, I mean, it's just, there's brokenness in the world. Something is broken. And if you think about it, Josh, like, sociologists, you know, like really, you know, smart people, like, you know, uh, policymakers, uh, even world leaders, elected people, not saying they're necessarily always the smartest, but they're elected, um, organizations. I mean, many, many people who have been in positions of leadership and intellect and innovation and all this stuff for years and years and years have tried, they've tried to implement things like policies and they've tried to implement systems and programs and, and just education to try to fix brokenness. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about it, mm-hmm. when you, we just got out of this or, you know, the whole political, you know, the presidential election thing, it's like, and if you look at the platforms that, that candidates were running on, um, or that parties, you know, kind of align themselves with, what you find is they have what they think is the best answer for the brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, healthcare, um, you know, the, the whole financial, you know, landscape, what's that look like? I mean, education, all these things. It's like people are trying 
to find a way to fix brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's bad, and I'm not saying we should stop doing that. Um, but bottom line, there's something wrong with us as human beings. And Genesis 3 answers not just what the problem is, <laughs> but it also points us to what the cure is. Yeah. Mm. And so, um, obviously, I mean, in Genesis 3, the serpent tempts Eve, um, and then the serpent attacks God's character, like, hey, God's holding out on you. Um, Did God really say you can't eat anything here? You know, he's trying to just cause a little confusion, cause some doubt, cause her to question. I say cause her. I mean, he tempts her. She -hmm. makes the choice. Um, That's always important to note. Um, I pointed out Sunday that, and it was just one of those things that I've never really thought of before, but that the serpent doesn't say, God didn't really, there isn't really a God. I mean, he couldn't deny the existence of God because they knew God. Adam and Eve knew him. The relationship that, and I was thinking about this yesterday or Sunday, um, the relationship that Adam and Eve have with God Mm-hmm. In Genesis two, and well, and three is so like one on one. I mean, like, they are in intimate, the presence, yeah, of God constantly, yeah. And even they were, and they <laughs> and they were still able to sin. Like, yeah, because you and I could be like, oh yeah, if I was with God all the time, like Adam and Eve were, then I would never be tempted. Yeah, and like pff, wrong, whatever. yeah, yeah, very wrong. So. You know, he doesn't deny that the serpent, the enemy, Satan, doesn't deny the existence of God. And I think I mentioned this in the first service, but I didn't at 11. I I can't remember. But um, I read, and I wish I could tell you the, you know, give, give credit here, but I can't remember where I read it. But that when you think, you might just think off the cuff that, oh, there are, there are tons of people who don't even believe in God. Like they don't believe in God. And I guess you might get down to what do you mean by God, but wherever I read this study, it said that less than 6% of people actually are like, nope, absolutely not. There's no God. There's no creator. There's no higher. There's no, there's no being that's more glorious than we are. Just 6% of people. So that means... They're just loud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then you think, okay, so there's like 94% of the people on this planet who are like, there is a creator. Agnostic at worst. Right. Like, they're like, I don't know, somebody's in Mm -hmm. charge, but I don't know who it is. Like, yeah, so so Satan's not denying God here, but what he's doing is he's questioning God's character. He's questioning the goodness, and I said, that's temptation 101. I mean, that is temptation 101 for us to be, um, for us to consider like, okay, I know that this is not, I'm not supposed to do this, or I've been taught, or I've read, or, you know, I'm not, you know, these are things I'm not supposed to do, but I really want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's temptation 101. And the definition of temptation that I offered to everyone was, you know, tr- uh, uh, the invitation for a, I can't remember how I worded it, the, the invitation for, to meet a God-given need in a non-God-given way. Mm-hmm. So an invitation, you know, I mean, so you think like, I mean, you get down to it. It's like, uh, you know, don't do it. Oh, but I really want to. Um, so I'm going to, I mean, it's just, it's just so obvious. So temptation 101, it's how the, the enemy kind of 
gets after us. So, um, God's holding out on you. Um, this was one of the things I was thinking about that, um, cause like we said in, in Genesis two, there's this great intimacy with God mm-hmm. I and mean, they are in his presence, you know? And, um, then along comes the enemy to say, I think he's holding out on you. I think he's not as good as you think he is. Actually, he's all about himself. He really doesn't care about you. He's like this giant cosmic bully. Um, he's not really a, a good father. And um, I would just say with that <laughs> that he's he's not a bad parent. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you compare that to, you know, you and I are not bad parents for putting up a baby gate to protect our kids. Right. You know, like, yeah. like, it's not like, Oh, I'm denying Mallory the, the, you know, I don't have a two story house, but if I did, like I'm denying Mallory the, the first floor while she's up on the second floor, I'm a bad parent. No, you it's because I don't want her to <laughs> tumble if, down. It. If I'm in the kitchen and that baby gate is closed, Adeline is like, I have put up this brick wall uh-huh. that the kitchen is inaccessible, and uh-huh. she is so mad. Yeah, and she that, lets you know it. Yep. Uh huh. Loudly. Yes. Yeah. With great tears. Great tears. Oh wow! Allie, crocodile tears. <laughs> but yeah, like we're not bad parents. Like we're not bad parents for putting those little plastic things in the electrical outlets so our kids don't shove forks in there. Like, you know, we do that. Why? We want to protect them. Mm-hmm. Like, we love them. Like, you know, the little lock things on the inside of the cabinet doors. Like, we, God is a good, loving, protective father. And the enemy wants us to question that. And he started with Eve. Yep. Um, so um, there's this whole, you know, and I, I also mentioned this on Sunday, uh, but that, like, we want to just look at that scenario in Genesis 3 and be like, why? Why did you... Why are you guys doing that? But it really is, it's a, it's a human problem. Mm-hmm. And um, if the story had been, you know, Drew and Shannon <laughs> or Joshua and Kara, you know, like it, it doesn't matter who was there in the beginning, I, the temptation would have been there. Because yep. um, we are, we are far from... Perfect. And so um, it's not really, it's not just an Adam and Eve problem. It's not just a historical problem. It's not just a problem that they read, that we read in Genesis 3. Temptation is a problem we have now. Questioning the goodness of God is a problem we have now. All these things are issues that we have now. And it's like, if we need to stop, we need to recognize that because until we do, Mm -hmm. then we're not really ever going to get past that. And one of the things I said um, Sunday is that. I don't think we can truly, truly appreciate the need for a savior, the good news of the gospel, without understanding just what broke in Genesis three. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the world and say it's broken, it's like yes, it is, and it started there, mm-hmm. and it started right there in Genesis three. Whenever Adam and Eve chose themselves over God. Yep. Um, so there were consequences. Oh yeah. Uh, there were consequences for, uh, you know, we also we often think consequences are bad, but there's also good consequences for things. But um, consequences, there were consequences for the sin. Um, when when temptation and sin entered, now you know it's like it it muddies that water. And one of the things, you know, we always, I think, 
if you've read the story at all or heard the story at all, you know, like, okay, now it's going to really, really suck to have a kid. Like if you're a woman having a baby, that's not going to be fun. Uh, if you're a dude, like the whole, that whole, and I can't even, I don't know if you want to speak to this cause I can't obviously, but like the whole like pressure mm. on you as a man, that's just like there, it's like in your mind, it's on you that you have got like the survival of your family is upon you. Oh yeah. I mean, speak, please speak to that. Cause I, I tried to even just a little bit touch on it Sunday, but obviously I can't speak to that, you know, like you can. Um, I mean, like when we moved, when me and Kara moved to Valdosta, um, she, we moved here, like going to college and that was it. Like we had no, no like connections to do anything or anything like that. So we moved here and I started classes on Monday. And, and you were like newlywed. Yep. Newlywed yeah. a year. We've been married a year. And it was, all right, Monday after class, go find a job. <laughs> and Tuesday after class, go find a job. And it just kept going and kept going and kept going. To the And then Kara goes, well, I guess I'll go find a job. And finds a job day one. Oh, geez. So, uh, and not that that's, that's a problem, but I would lie awake at night mm. thinking that we were going to go bankrupt because of my inability to provide for my family. Wow, yeah. And... And you think um, when you get out of school, you get a house, you get the car, like the family cars, yeah. and you think, oh, that stuff go- eventually goes away. No. <laughs> it just, you just oh, could, like you've arrived? Yeah, yeah. yeah like that you don't happen. have to worry about it ever again. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> you no, in, it increases. Yep. And then you have kids, and then you go, if you don't, if you're not successful, these kids starve. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of your going motivation for working is like yeah. if you don't if you don't provide your family will fail. Yeah. And wow. that's just and And that's not just obviously that's not just a male no, or no, no, a man no. issue. Um I mean I think any you know any any adult that is responsible for providing for their family understands that pressure. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that is I mean I think that that is something that God has put on, I mean, because all, all right, for me, I was single until I was 38. Mm. And, um, so I was, and from, you know, from when I graduated college at 21, 22, 22, um, I was responsible for my, you know, mm-hmm. my financial yeah. stuff, like whatever I did. And yes, I worked and yes, I did, you know, what I had to, you know, like I didn't make a lot of money, but I made sure I had a job and I you know, paid my bills and all the things, but I don't, I can honestly say I did not have this like overwhelming sense of mm-hmm. I've got to do this. Now, maybe if I had been married or if I had a child or something mm-hmm. that that would be different. I'm sure it would. But I really do think that there, that that is one of the consequences of what happened in the garden mm-hmm. is that is this thing on, on men, especially mm-hmm. to have this great burden mm-hmm. of provision. Right. And I don't, and I don't necessarily want to debate this, but it, it's it's something I was taught at a young age, and it is true for my marriage. Right. That um, Kara has a need as a human being mm-hmm. of security. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, her fulfillment of that security is me being able to provide. Right. And I think that I think that aligns with the God given. Mm-hmm consequence of mm-hmm. having the need to provide for that family mm-hmm. and i think as a and as a wife 
she has that sense of security that she needs to find in her husband. Yeah, that's definitely one of the ways in which that you you meet that need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think yeah, security and obviously you like you said you know there's there's not a debate real. I mean, I guess some people might want to debate oh, it. Someone will like you could walk into a college <laughs> and you say that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You are just you're just. You're just a horrible man. Yeah. So you need to just yeah. stop there. Um, but I would say that yeah, there are those needs of you know security, um, acceptance, you know all you know, and that that we all have. And yeah, I get it. I I, I see how that is. I think that's something. Gosh, this is like a whole other podcast. But I remember as being like early in our marriage, mm-hmm. um, where I just had these immediate expectations of Drew to do things because that's what my dad did, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as, I mean, like, um, you know, if I, even now, like I could, I could go home, I could go home to Oklahoma and be visiting my dad. And let's say I've got, let's say I drove my car out there and I say just something off the, off the, you know, just not really thinking like, yeah, I heard this weird, weird rattling in the back of my car. I promise you that Max Clark within the next hour is looking around in my car trying to find it to fix it and make mm-hmm. sure it doesn't rattle anymore. And so I guess I just kind of, that's just how my dad is. Right. And so I had these expectations of if something was needed to be done or was broken or whatever, that that Drew would just be Johnny on the spot getting it done. Not saying he doesn't, but that's just not how that's he not works. Yeah. And um, for all you listeners that know him, know that like that he's, he would, if, if you give him the choice of sitting down and having a conversation with someone versus knocking some things off a list to do, he's going to go chat mm-hmm. it up all day yeah. long. That's just his personality. But anyway, so where did we go? Why did we go there? Who knows? Consequences. Do we know? Consequences. Consequences. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, and I was, I would be frustrated that mm-hmm. Drew wasn't that. And so we have these like expectations. And, and so when I think about that burden of toil and that feeling, I really would say that I most definitely saw that in, in my dad, mm-hmm. um, of that, you got to get out and bust it and get it oh, taken yeah, totally. care of and all that. I mean, so. my dad was a truck driver, so mm-hmm. he was on the and he still is on the road five days a week, and then when he's home two those two days he's doing work at the house. Mm. So it was, he he drove five days and then he'd work at the house for five days, like little projects and yep. whatever. And I mean, my dad, um, I mean, truck drivers don't make a ton of money, but that man worked to make sure that his family was provided for, mm-hmm. and that's kind and. I assume that's where I got my work ethic. I'm I'm sure that swim lessons and stuff were really cheap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and all the entrances to meets no. and stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff was expensive, and and he and he paid for all of it with a smile on his face. Mm. I mean, mom had jobs and and did her part too. But from a man's stand, from me being uh, a, looking at a role model on how I do my life as working and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I really lean towards my father that's, in that yeah. aspect. That's, yeah. Well, and we are kind of, I, I was thinking we were off on a rabbit trail, but we really weren't because not only is the, the, the whole childbirth, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that, and then the burden, toil, toil in the ground. Um, and remember, that's that part there at, at verse 19 of Genesis 3 when God says, Adam, you're going to, you're going to toil this ground. You're going to, you're going to work it, work it. It's not always going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, speaking of Mallory and I are reading the little house in the prairie books. Oh yeah. And it's like, 
you just, I mean, I guess I've never, I've grown up, I've been around a lot of farmers, but it's like, you don't know. You're, mm, yeah. you're planting those crops and you just don't know. And, mm-hmm. and a storm will come through and there it goes. So it's like, you're going to work that ground. You're going to work it. And then when you die, you're going to go into that ground. And he's like, you have come from dust and to dust you will return. Mm. Like that's where you are. Yeah. And, and those are those words. I mean, speak and, you know, uh, Ash Wednesday, you know, we started that last night. And so um, it's those 40 days leading up to Easter. It's that preparation of us truly, I mean, in a sense, this season of Lent mm-hmm. is this season of going, I don't know if I fully appreciate the good news, the gospel of the risen Christ. Let me take these 40 days to be reminded of that and mm-hmm. to prepare myself for that great celebration of what Easter really is. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so the consequences, uh, are the there's one that I think gets overlooked sometimes. Yeah. Of the consequence, because it's for both of them, it affects both of them, and it's this. Um, it, it's it's about the the harmony between husband and wife is now broken. It says in scripture, and I can't remember the exact verse because I don't have it in front of me at the moment. You'd think I'd be more prepared. Um, where it says that Eve's uh, her her opinion or her her desires will be contrary to her husband. That's what it is. That that was one of the consequences, and mm-hmm. so it's not just a consequence for Eve, because obviously, if her desire is a consequence, uh, I mean, contrary to her husband, then obviously that affects him as well. Yeah, and it's just that whole idea of so the harmony that was there. So the not only was the harmony broken between Adam and Eve and God, but now there is a break in the harmony between Adam and Eve themselves, and so there's this conflict, this contrarian attitude. Um, that, that wasn't there prior. And, and when I think about that, like, I don't think, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, Josh, but I don't think there's any like sane man alive in a healthy relationship with his wife who wants to Lord authority over his wife. Nah. I mean, that's what scripture says. Like, that's the feeling like that because of the contrary nature that there's that need. And I mean, I'm a difficult person. I'm a, I am a walking contradiction on, on some of my best days. You know, I, I say, you know, God bless Drew. You know, one day I want, you know, the house to be perfectly spotless and nothing messed up. And then I'll go, you know, like, oh, let the dishes pile up in the sink for, you know, a couple of days. It'll be fine. And, um, I mean, those kind of little contradictions, you know, um, veg out for hours at a time or, you know, he, he'll he come home and, like, I'm doing some woodworking project that he's like, what what's going on? Why have you taken over the carport, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just, like, I'm I'm kind of, you know, everywhere. And, and I don't think there's a dude out there who's really super excited about trying to cultivate a harmonious relationship with a contrarian, emotional, headstrong, opinionated mm-hmm. woman. So we'll just do, like, hashtag pray for Drew. Um, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, a lot of people, you talk about harm, harmony, and I'm never unharmonious than I am trying to figure out what we want to have for dinner. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if you and Drew are that way, um, but me and Kara, that is our biggest fight. Like, what are you going to eat? Yeah. Like, I. <laughs> it's the one scene I remember from The Notebook. 
Yeah. And like Ryan Gosling's like standing in the rain. He's like, what do you want? What do you want? Yeah, I do this thing with Drew, and it's and, and um, like if we're gonna, you know, he's gonna pick something up on the way home from work, and I've I just learned this. You learn over time, and I'm like, hey, will you pick something up? Not whatever I don't want. Like mm-hmm. so, it's like not Chinese food, or yeah. or I had, you know, I had Cerchero's for lunch, so don't get Taco Bell or whatever. But um, but when I say no, whatever, I don't really care, whatever. He's like, no, no, really, what do you want? I'm like, no, I don't care, it's fine. He's like, no, no, really, what do you want? What do you want? Because then he'll say, okay, well, then I'm thinking I'm going to go get this. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. Mm. No, I don't want that. So uh, I said this on Sunday. So I'm pretty sure prior to the fall in Genesis 3, when Adam said, hey, Eve, look at that tree over there, not the one of knowledge of good and evil, but like that one over there that God said we can't eat from, look at that. I'm going to go get us some fruit. Does that look good? And she was like, yeah, that looks great, honey. Or no, I want that tree over there. <laughs> she was clear. Yeah. She made it. Yeah. So, but there, there was this like, one of the consequences of sin was that harmony had been removed. So, um, it wasn't just for, for Eve, but it was Adam too. So, um, like I said, I think to really understand the, what broke in Genesis 3, helps us and we need to really really get it that if this was any other story like that would be the end of it like god said don't do it and yet they chose to rebel they chose to act like god they received the punishment and a lot of stories that's just the end of the story Mm -hmm. um that's all it would be but thank god yeah literally this is not like any other story what happens here actually in verses eight and nine you see in some ways it's like it's like the hinge on which the the bible turns something amazing happens is we we find god seeking after the very ones who just broke his heart right like calling out for him yeah where are you mm-hmm. where are you and obviously he knew where they were yeah he did it he was, knows where we are. Right. It's not, yeah, it's like, where are you? Like, where did you go? Like, what? And and I, he calls out to us to give us an opportunity to call back to him, mm-hmm. um, to own it. Yeah. You know, to to say, here, here I am, God. Like, I, I, I messed up. Um, and so, and that's the beauty of the, that's just the grace of, of where we start to see the gospel start to come alive as far as the grace of God. Mm-hmm. It's because the story could have just been done, but he seeks after us. Um, he makes a way. And so what you find from from Genesis 3, verse 10 on to, to Revelation, yeah, that is God seeking after us. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. That it, it is. And, you know, the Bible was written 2,000, some parts, 2,000, <laughs> some older. We're not at the end of Revelation yet. Like, oh, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands of years of this story going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, ridiculous. And I think that I think that uh, says a lot. Like, a lot of people see the Bible as like a history book, and, and it's done, and it's complete, and it's over with. Yeah. But we're living in yep. the time of the Bible. And we're still, we haven't reached the the things that happen in Revelation yet. So, I mean, 
everything in that Bible is still pertinent today because it's still going on and through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are we're we're living in in the midst of of the grace of God and Him seeking after us, and which is why you know you will hear me or you know Justin or anyone that that speaks on behalf of the porch, um, you know, say that. Yes, we want to be in relationship with God. Without a doubt, that's the beginning. That is the first step. But that's not like the the final step, like mm-hmm. the next step. And actually, we're going to be talking about this um, coming up in um, the next message, is that we now have a responsibility mm-hmm. um, to share that same grace that's been given to us. And um, again, I think sometimes people go, okay, yeah, I know I'm supposed to do that, but... Um, it's, it's very real and we have this, this responsibility, um, to, to live out the grace that God has shown to us. So, yeah, it's, it's been a, um, I've, I've personally learned a lot in, in preparing for these messages in Genesis that I, I think I just kind of, just kind of read through before and yeah. just kind of glossed over. And so, um. I've learned a lot, and I've I've have heard from quite a few of our of our folks that are like, "This is great. We love this walking through Genesis and mm-hmm. and all that." So, of course, I'm even looking ahead and looking at some more um, some of those books of the Bible sections of Scripture that um, that we can be looking at further down the road in some other messages. So. I'm looking. I mean, we're always looking. We're yeah. always yeah, in the yeah. Bible, but you know, as far as like really kind of stopping and and looking at maybe some of these really well known mm-hmm. parts of the Bible, as far as um, recognized but not yeah. really understood or you know applied mm-hmm. to where we are today. So that's kind of where we are. So. All right. So you talked about how we're gonna for next week we're gonna cover um, sharing the grace is. Can you give us a little bit more about next week? You want a little bit more? Yeah. You want a little bit more? So that would be uh, week three, if I mm-hmm. had to guess. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at Genesis Genesis chapter six. Um, so we're kind of jumping ahead a couple of, of chapters. Okay. And, um, and we're going to just be talking about, again, this, how God chooses to respond and what he sets in motion and it, it really is about, I'll give you, we give our podcast people a little bit of A little bit more of, insight then. Um, let y'all kind of simmer with this a little bit, but talk about being a channel of God's grace. Mm. And that we see, we see God making an opportunity for grace through the life of Noah. Ooh, and Noah. and how he um because obviously some stuff went down after Adam and Eve left the garden. Yeah. And then when we pick up in Genesis 6, like basically 6 through 9 are the story of Noah and all that went on and some uh Genesis 4 and 5 especially cover some some pretty crazy stuff that so go read that later. Because yeah. that sets the stage for what happens in Genesis six, because there is a need for salvation. Yeah, and um, and there's a lot going on. So we're gonna be talking about that. And God made a way for Noah because of God's great grace for us, mm-hmm. His His love for us. 
Um, and then we're going to be, after that, we're going to be talking about Covenant in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm working on kind of finalizing that right now. Yeah. Which is that we do not understand Covenant. <laughs> but anyway, what were you going to say? And if you happen to be reading through Genesis with your kids, pre-read chapter four and five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> before you just yeah. crack it open and read it with your kids. <laughs> Yeah, there's, just leave that there. There's some activity going on with some giants and some some other other yeah I, yeah, yeah I can't again those are those things I'm like I don't I don't understand this but something's going on here that's kind of crazy yeah so just just yeah. little pre reading for four yeah. four and five yeah if if, if you're like go- polygamy yeah yeah but murder murder polygamy yeah um crazy yeah relationships with. Are are they human? Are they not? They don't know. People, we don't know. So, yeah. and on that note, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> wow! Let, hey, let, let's end the podcast. <laughs> hey, listeners, we're so glad that you guys tune in. We love the fact that um, that you know we we've been saying this a lot lately, and I think COVID kind of lit an extra fire underneath it. Is we just want to produce content for you guys that helps you on your journey of faith that. We want to equip you, and we want to give you something that you can share with other people. Um, you know, maybe, not maybe, I know, you know someone who is kind of asking questions about God and about faith, and it just doesn't make sense. And maybe they just need to hear two regular people, that's me and you, Josh, Yep. Um, who do not have it all figured out, Nope. and we're talking about the Bible. And we're laughing a little bit along the way and making fun of ourselves in the process. And maybe that in and of itself is an opportunity for someone to go, okay, so so Christians are actually kind of like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I, and I say yeah. that because I'm telling you, that's that's where I was before I became a believer in my early 20s. Like, I just needed to see that, that believers were kind of normal yeah, and like everybody else. And, they um, don't have it all together, right? And that was the opening. That was the door opening for me to start to to ask questions about God. So it really can be that simple. You know, someone who's like, "Nah, church people are jerks and hypocrites." And uh, newsflash, they are. Um, but so is everybody else. So, yeah, so, so so are we all. Um, but for those who are sincere about their faith, um, we're just we're just trying to. Mm-hmm. We're trying to honor God and and live that out. So, thanks for listening and sharing and doing what you do. And Will Steinberg, we love you. So, hey, you share a picture of you listening to our podcast, put it on social. We'll give you a shout-out. We'll give you a shout-out, too. So, All right. Until next week, see you. Bye. See you later. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.